that's a good start. Isn't oh, it? the doorbell's just gone and the dogs are going. <laughs> Sorry, one second. Give me a second. <laughs> well, while Adam's doing that, I'll do the introduction. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome to the latest issue of the Blue Skies Bossroom podcast. Um, today, I'm joined by Adam, who is one of our individual workers uh, from the Chatham office. Uh, Adam um, and me today are going to talk about ADHD. So the conversation will probably go at about a thousand miles an hour, so I'll try and keep it and slow it down a little bit. Um, hopefully you guys find it interesting, um, and we'll talk about Adam's experiences of having ADHD and being in lockdown, and kind of what's that, what that's like um, when you can't sit still for more than 30 seconds, because I'm sure it's something that a lot of you are familiar with um, in yourselves or with your young people. Uh, so I am Adam Harris. I am the individual worker at the Chatham Hub. Uh, so I work with all, all the young people that are under the TLC package in Chatham. Uh, so before coming to Blue Sky, I worked with young people with disabilities, uh, namely uh, autism, Down syndrome, ADHD, uh, ODD, uh, global development delay. Uh, the, there's quite a long list. Uh, Angel Man syndrome, which is an interesting one that. I only came across uh, with one young lad, young lad but uh, it was a very interesting uh, case that I managed, which was fun. Uh, but that's pretty much my, my background uh, before cool. coming to Blue Sky. Thanks, mate. And um, so um, we've spoken a lot about um, ADHD in the past, and um, I've, we, it's been quite reassuring for someone like me to talk to somebody who has had it, got, a, got a, an official diagnosis of stuff about some of the traits and the, and the things and, and, and the mental health aspect side of things as well as what it's like to haven't have adult ADHD as opposed to being a child with ADHD so can you can you rewind slightly and talk about um your early years of being a, a, a child with ADHD and what was that like for you yeah of course um so I got diagnosed when I was nine um before then I was kind of uh just known as the uh really energetic kid with a very short fuse um, <laughs> so I, I, I got into trouble quite a lot I was uh, very distractible as you can imagine um, I was just very very difficult to engage and uh, that was you know pretty much all the way through my primary school years and even going into my secondary school years um, so um, from year three which is when I got diagnosed I kind of um, started to find subjects where I would like engage more into and then others like I wouldn't. And then it was kind of like figuring out, uh, that I actually can only really focus on those things that I enjoy doing and not the things that I find incredibly tedious or boring. And, uh, that was quite a, a long journey for me. And I didn't really figure that out until I was in year nine, year 10. Um, so that was that was interesting um so how did you figure that out did somebody say we need to sit down and have a word here <laughs> do, do you know what no i i don't actually know how i figured it out i don't know if it's just like a, a block on my past or what but i just don't know how, <laughs> i don't i don't know how i actually uh, uh got to the conclusion that 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 was how my brain worked i i think uh it was just one day where I, I kind of realized that I wanted to do something in college. I wasn't entirely sure what yet, but I knew that I needed grades to get it. So I ended up focusing on like really, really hyper-focusing. And that's something that uh, people with ADHD can, can do with topics at times. Uh, yeah. Really hyper-focusing on some subjects and specifically the ones that got me to where I wanted to be because I figured out that I wanted to do rugby and I needed uh, to get onto a course to be able to do rugby and then, it was like this whole academy based uh, 
uh, course that was centralized around the rugby academy and then uh, doing a sport course. So it was, it was like a linked thing uh, together, which, you know, had, you know, five to uh, five uh, C grades that you needed for it, plus yeah. English and math. So I focused on three subjects that I really liked and then English and maths because, you know, I had that, that goal to go towards i think that's really interesting and we'll, we'll come back to the whole hyper focus thing in a bit um because i think that's something that's important to talk about um particularly with our young people and then and then adults but so um that's all happened you you you've, you then go into to work life um yeah. and and how has adhd impacted work life for you oh massively um <laughs> uh, so when i got, i got my first job when i was 14 um i was working as kind of like a, a tech support if you will and a receptionist for a local gym basically i had work experience there and uh this uh lady who ran it was quite old she didn't have an idea about technology so she realized that i did when i was on work experience there and she was like if i if i just like pay you four quid an hour to come in whenever i've got like a tech issue i'll get you sometimes to cover the desk if we're short on staff and uh, bits like that will we will you come work for me after this work experience because you've been great so i was like yeah that's fine uh basically after about four months of working there uh, because of the inconsistency of it i basically completely forgot about it um <laughs> so i forgot that i worked there i even left uh, a wage packet that i had there for probably about two or three months after that because i completely forgot about it and uh, didn't uh, feel necessary to go up there and grab it um which was uh, uh, quite an interesting funny uh yeah fun time. Um, I, I, I really relate to that um it reminds me of jobs i've had when i was when i was younger that that sort of um yeah you do kind of you're like oh god yeah i do i actually i have a job there i remember that with some of my first jobs my, one of my first jobs was working in a gym um doing football coaching and um there'd be days i'd be like oh god because i'd get so focused into other things that I forget yeah. that I have this whole other life of I need to actually go to my job to, to do things to do. And I think that's probably something that our carers can relate to with our young people, um, particularly when, I mean, we talked a lot about gaming and stuff, but um, yeah. at the moment I'm putting together a piece of work about gaming and addiction. And actually it's that the you focus in on something so much that everything else becomes oblivious. And, and it's the impact that has on other people, isn't it? Which leads me on to my yeah. next question, which is how does ADHD affect your personal life as well? Um, as much as you're happy to kind of, go into but yeah, it's that, sure. you know what I mean it's between the two isn't it yeah uh, so um, my personal life has kind of been uh, affected in some ways and not others um, so it's, it's kind of been a, a, a neither here nor there I think because I've tended to be quite open about it and um, I, I've told people about it and helped them understand where I'm coming from and because I give it with such a, a, a good energy that I don't tend to get many adverse effects from it like mm. people people uh see me do something they're like okay it's you know because of this or because of that in some cases um i think it's affected uh my younger years more than me as an adult if anything it's actually helped me as an adult more than anything um because of the amount of energy it gives me the um personality that it gives me because i'm able to keep up with the young ones i'm able to uh you know converse with them uh in a in an energetic way that they really relate to because it's quite positive to hear someone talk like that i think and yeah um because i think it's something that a lot of our young people are probably diagnosed with it's not a lot but some of our young people are diagnosed with at some point 
yeah, it's either, either, either yeah. ADHD or traits and tendencies of um, yeah due to attachment disorder yeah so yeah, yeah I, th- I think uh, I think as a kid it, it really set me back socially but then um, uh, as an adult it's actually been a godsend really it's uh, kind of just developed into my personality and uh, yeah festered it's itself like a, it's in, like a, it's in like good ways I think the way that I think of it is is that I think it depends how you control and manage it because it's like um, I think of it sort of like the Hulk, as in like you know because in the last Avengers film he hones it and then you know he he can Bruce Banner manages to control the Hulk and actually if you can yeah. do that you've got that focus you've got the hyper the hyper focus that we'll talk about in a second um, but then you've got the energy of it but it's when it veers either side isn't it and I guess as to relate this to our young people. Our young people are going through so much trying to find work out who they are, where they fit in, who they live with, and all this kind of stuff. And so, what kind of things and advice would you give to our carers that have got young people that have got ADHD to help them kind of learn to manage themselves and their kind of their 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 diagnosis? I would say. So, uh, I think first and foremost is patience. I think patience is a a virtue for anybody who is around someone with ADHD because it's you know the ability to just take a step back and look at the behavior from a different standpoint it's not just that behavior it's something else isn't it it's um something behind that um that's fueling it it's not necessarily that person's uh complete controlled decision to do something that you know looks like they've done something malicious or done something Mm. uh bad or done something like that it's um an impulsivity isn't it it's um yeah something that they they don't have especially as a young person have as much control over it as as a as an adult um so yeah i think patience is is key the other is distraction uh, the power of distraction is incredible yeah. <laughs> uh, if you can distract the person with adhd uh then you are going to have a much much easier time so finding out likes dislikes um what you've seen them focus on for hours before um physical projects tend to be uh the best for me specifically i know other people are different they do like uh different things as any individual would uh but i find doing something physical that involves your body your hands exercising like exercising is a huge one yeah. um because it, it rests your mind it, it it ties you out mentally and physically which um is is important to be able to manage uh an ADHD brain and um for and me I think that's what I think that's one of the challenges isn't it it's because yeah yeah, yeah. It, at the moment we're talking about lockdown where people are generally in the house so if you've got a young person with ADHD who you know like we say like I mean I agree massively to those physical things are an incredible driver to help manage your your ADHD but what about those young people who don't want to initially on the surface engage with those physical activities how can we find a way to get them out of it and as somebody who's an individual worker that's it's part of your job isn't it so what, how do you do that yeah so um generally find something that they like and turn it into something physical so if they like okay. a game uh role plays fantastic uh role plays you know probably one of the best things that you can do to get someone who doesn't like physical activity to be physically active um like i did it with uh young young jay very many times um and uh he he loved things from incredibles to to um uh, paw patrol to uh, things like that so just picking on one of those things and then turning that into a physical activity uh to help manage the activity as well 
it's uh, so that's really interesting so, so so talk us through that so you've you just said paw patrol yeah. so are you you know and, and i think when people think about doing physical activity i think sometimes they think right start jumps and press-ups but actually what we're talking about here is in my mind you say right paw patrol i'm imagining that you are pretending to be the pups and yep. you are going out and saving things and running around. Am I right? Or exactly? Yeah, you're completely right. So we we tend to you know veer off from just one thing. So like if if it's Paw Patrol, it might not necessarily be saving someone. It might be uh, uh, destroying beasts, or uh, there being dragons flying everywhere, or um, crocodiles in the river, or something like that. We go we go to country parks quite a lot. So it's, it's you know there's lots of visual yeah, stuff yeah. and lots. Of and so and so that's a lot of imaginative play as well, isn't it? Which I think is something that's really interesting i think that imaginative play for us as adults can be quite difficult to no sometimes people don't like to feel silly do they yeah. do you know what i mean and, and i yeah, think that sure. it reminds me of um when i used to work uh in the gym that i used to we used to run a class called imagine and imagine was about telling an interact a, a story but with no props and it and it fell on its face because in so many of our clubs the staff were like well i i, I they just they knew it, but they just couldn't let themselves go. And so yeah. what we used to do was, whenever I did it, it was my favourite, favourite class. And, and I used to, and I struggled sometimes working with the younger ones, but the, the, the kids were aged sort of, were um, aged uh, five to set, uh, three to five. Yeah. Well, it was a massive truck from the past again. And um, <laughs> the kids were aged three to five. And we'd go on like space adventures, but when the kids see you buy into what it is that you're doing, they, they, they if, if you've got them on side, they'll, they'll follow suit. And I oh, think that's exactly yeah. the same with our kids. And some people say, to, I was talking to myself a couple, somebody a couple of days ago, they said, well, how do you get so many of the young people to like do these things that you want to do? So because, because I care about it. And, and, and when you've got that passion, you go, right, you know, we're going to do Paw Patrol. And if all of a sudden you're into that, the kid's good. The kid's going to follow suit. And I think that's really important, isn't it? Is immersing yourself in their world. Yeah, and and for for me, it's um, thinking it like I, I, you know, I don't necessarily care about Paw Patrol. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, just going to put it out there, I'm not a massive fan of Paw Patrol. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, for me, I, it's um, more thinking about uh, what I really enjoy is engaging a kid or managing uh, a kid to have fun to. Yeah um improve themselves to do that and i know that's the crux of it isn't it is being able to come to their level come to uh their world of play instead of making them come to yours and essentially well you kind of are making them come to yours but you're going down to their level for well, you, them you, to do, be able you do you do it together aren't you you're yes you're, exactly yeah you're you're doing it you know you're, you're kind of they're your co-pilot and yeah. um, you need to rely on them and i think that's where the best ideas come from when you do stuff like that is because you know they might see that tree as a as a tower or i know it's quite hard to be in the adult brain stuck inside the house but you know they look at that tree as anything and and, and imaginative play is so important i think yeah. um, and country parks are, are amazing for stuff like that aren't they oh yeah they are fantastic um so <laughs> one, of, one of one of my questions then is, is what about time management so um time at the moment we, we were talking about this before we started recording about how the weeks the the speed of the week seems to go completely differently but how does ADHD affect your time management and I think that, uh, that might be something that our carers might find interesting for our kids yeah so my time management skills are uh awful um <laughs> uh without sugarcoating it they, are, they aren't the most fantastic thing uh Leela Leela can probably tell you and vouch for me on that um, <laughs> um but um yeah so I, I I struggle massively with time management um I find that it's primarily because I've bursts of um, focus that I can use um, and I don't necessarily always get them. 
Um, it will depend on the uh, topic or the project that I'm on as well. Um, so it's primarily like with paperwork that I'm not so great with, with my individual work because it's so physical and so uh, interesting to me that I'm, I'm more able to get to it and do it and keep the schedule and the time management on that side of things. Um, whereas with the paperwork side of things, not so much. I let slip a little bit on that every now and again. Um, during the during the lockdown, it's been a bit more difficult because I don't have the um, kind of moving on to the next situation that you do when you're out of lockdown. So my general day would be uh, wake up, go to the office, do a bit of paperwork, go to someone's house. That drive is, you know, not there anymore. So it, I don't have that like wind up to then after winding down on the drive back to then think about what I'm doing next. It kind of mm. goes from start yeah, of Zoom call to end of Zoom call to what am I doing next? And I don't get that time to really prep myself. And I find a lot of what I need to be able to do before doing something is prep myself. Because uh, if I prep myself, I'm more likely to do it. If I know that tomorrow I've got to do A, B, C, D, E, and F, then I'm going to do A, B, C, D, E, and F before the end of the day because it's kind of like setting yourself small challenges um, mm -hmm. and uh, being able to achieve them you know uh it goes into the whole instant gratification kind of area that um adhd kind of thrives off um I, I massively agree on that and i think that's also um links to gaming as well because yes you get those you get those short-term like kicks like oh i did that you know i made that jump i got over that level i got through this and i got through that and i think that we sometimes need to give our kids a bit of slack when we talk about adhd and gaming and actually how that does set off those little little receptors of oh and that's the same when it comes to to-do lists um when you cross that you cross that thing off oh yes i've done that you know you know loads of people you know even if someone isn't on, on your to-do list you write it down once you've done it just for the satisfaction of crossing it off yeah do you know what that's a tip that i got uh, i got recently is literally just write a to-do list and then take it off when you've done your to-do list and actually does help with just starting oh. and getting going and yeah massively i mean there's a there's a really great book that um that, that changed my my perception of my life of way of working um and it's called uh, productivity ninja and yes. um the, the book basically says forget time management and talk about attention management yeah. and map out your day when you have got the best attention so for some people it might be getting up at six and working till seven and then taking that time back later for other people it might be um you know uh that after lunch you're not very proactive at all so do those tasks after lunch that you find most dull so it might be expenses it might be those things that you think i've really you know you don't need that mental energy for and focusing and scheduling those tasks that like you say with the hyper focus that eight people with adhd have when you get into that zone, it, it's like um, there was that film where that person took the tablet and they could see into the stock market. It's like, I do what it's called. Yeah, um, is it li Limitless, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it, yeah. And yeah. I, I, it, I, the only way I can describe it is it's like that, is when you just get in that zone, there is no, there's nothing quite yeah. else like it. But it's yeah. difficult to get into that zone. Yeah, it's, it's also, uh, it can be quite dangerous at times as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, it, like, in terms of you completely forget about everything else. Yeah, you, you genuinely completely forget about everything else. So um, you might have uh, a meeting scheduled, but then you're so focused in doing that one thing that it's gone past the time for the meeting and you're stuck in this kind of hyper-focused loop and you don't really look at the time. You don't pay attention to the time. Mm. The time just zips away from you. Like um, I, I, you know, 
build uh, props in my workshop in my free time and uh, going in there I know that I might not come out of there until 10 o'clock at night or even later at times like, I've been up till one two three four in the morning uh, building something because I've just been so focused on it but I haven't eaten or drank all day yeah because and, that, and, and that's where the challenge comes isn't it because to relate this back to our young people is if our young people are so focused on one thing that they're doing as a carer you then saying look you need to come and do this and that's when the battle comes in because you know if your um, your partner comes in or whatever and says that you need to come and do this it's but you, you know you can't turn around and go no i'm not coming out um, <laughs> yeah. as a child it's very different it's like no this is what i'm doing like i'm doing this yeah. and so that's 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 the challenge and and how did your family manage to to get little baby adam um into out of those things and to you know to make sure that you drank and you ate and all that kind of stuff um i don't know i think i got my sister to thank for that a lot of it uh i had a bit of a a complicated uh life story so uh, my sister did a lot of my uh, my caregiving when i was uh, a, a young whippersnapper um and uh, yeah she she helped me out quite a lot um in in just managing myself uh she she was always quite a a focused individual and she was able to uh help me you know be like that as well she would always you know she was the one who'd cook and help me like make my lunch in the morning and uh and bits like that so i've really got her to thank uh, for a lot of mm. uh what i'm able to do now um right now is my partner Becky, she knows that I pretty much work through the day. She's been making me lunch while in lockdown quite often, <laughs> and I really am thankful for that. Um, and also, just everybody in the house, uh, like my partner's mum, uh, just comes in and says, "I want to. Do I want a drink? Do I want uh, a piece of toast or something like that?" Just to keep me going, because they kind of know how I work. They they try to help me in that. They know that if I'm on something, that I might not be able to pull myself away from it very easily. Um, and, and yeah, and I think I think that's really important, isn't it? Because with our young people being so focused on stuff, it's difficult to pull them out of it. And I think I know, and I know I'm not just constantly going on about gaming, but it's such a big topic yeah, all yeah. the time. That <laughs> it, 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 I think that's why it's important that adults we understand when you're in the middle of something, how difficult that is to pull yourself out of it. But so, yeah. I think I think it's important to help kids set those boundaries before they start those things. You know, one yeah. of the things I always sort of talk about is with, um, people always ask me about tech time and how much screen time should, you know, their kids be allowed. And one of the things I always say is, well, actually it depends what they're doing. Um, because, you know, say you're planning to play Fortnite and you say, well, I'm going to play Fortnite for half an hour. Well, in that half an hour, you might get into seven different games and mm. not actually do anything because you spend most of the time in the lobby, which is really frustrating. Yeah. Um, so to try and teach young people, I'm not saying it's easy, but to say like, right, you know, you can have two, 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 two battle whales or whatever it's called. They, you, know, you can have two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know that time more rather than it's a real difficult balance because when you're engrossed yeah. in that, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, down to the final three and your computer shuts off um, because you've gone over your time, that's yeah. Um, you've, you've got yeah. an argument. On your hands. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And I think, um, that conversation needs to be had more often than not in in about what games your young people are playing um so fortnite is you know a massive one at the moment um i i noticed a lot of young people are playing obviously minecraft overwatch and stuff like that so uh, understanding the difference in games is helpful as well so Absolutely. understanding whether something's a competitive game which means it's got um you know, it's continuous game until it's completed or until the time runs out. 
um, or if it's a casual game like Minecraft where you can save, pause and turn off whenever you want. Uh, obviously, there is some mods that you can get in Minecraft that uh, make it a competitive game. But uh, you need to talk to young, your young people and find out about what games they're playing to be able to work around that, I think. And, and I think that's the most important thing is understanding. And that'll actually help you connect with them on a certain level as well. Because it comes down to their level and their world, doesn't it? So, Yeah, I think that's about trying to remember that, isn't it? We're trying to find our way into their world as much as we possibly can. Um, so, Adam, so to, uh, my final sort of point would be, um, if we were to talk about ADHD and, um, you know, and the impact it can have on a young person to bring it back to our kids and what kind of advice or, or tip or you know that kind of key takeaway message that you would want everybody listening to this as the final thing to kind of stick in their brain to go yeah that's what i that's what i needed to know yeah so, so i think uh what the best thing uh i would be able to give to you in terms of uh arming you with a bit of knowledge uh i think would be anything can be made into something that can be focusable on. So even the most boring of topics, if it can be portrayed in an exciting and fun way, then someone with ADHD or ADHD tendencies will be able to focus on it. So you could, you know, have something as dull as, you know, maths or English, two things I, I struggled to uh, focus with when I was in school. If you can make it into a game or if you can make it into um a story or something that's more engageable than just here's a maths question answer this uh, uh you know writing question for an english paper or something like that if you if you turn it into a game or turn it into something more than what it is it's easier to focus it's easier to uh engage it's easier to get yourself to do it and not veer off it um because it's you know relatable and uh exciting for the individual that you know has to do those kind of things uh, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I massively agree with that i think that's yeah yeah i think that's key I, isn't it yeah it's 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 other either that or you're kind of just hitting your head against the brick wall um <laughs> a lot of the time with, with yeah <laughs> with trying to you know do the same thing the same way the same uh yeah uh same way all the time and uh if, if you can change it even even if it's a slight change like and it's not massive it, it can work sometimes um it can make it more enjoyable or exciting it can be as small as just you know adding like uh some physical activity to it like jumping up and down while doing it if you can like yeah don't do that I think that's um yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah don't do i think um, that's really interesting that links on to um like the whole gamification of making things into games and um i recently did some promoting play training with some of our carers and um one of the carers was struggling with her young person brushing um his teeth and um we we had a conversation in the training about how you could make that fun and how that traditional wall charts and sticker charts kind of didn't engage him. So um, we talked about making a football pitch. Um, so she made a football pitch and a goal. And every time he did something that was good, he earned himself a ball, um, like, a, like, a little, um, like, a literally, like a little small plastic ball. Yeah. And um, when he, at the end of the day, that's the amount of shots that he got to have at the goal. Um, yeah. So say, say, he, say he brushed his teeth, had a wash, and done his homework, he'd have got three, three, three shots at the goal. And however many goals he got was he earned himself a little chocolate ball or something like that. Nice. Um, and we, we, we then spoke about it when she'd then done it and implemented it and we came back and she said, it just worked. She said, because it got him to brush his teeth. And she said, 
it, it's it's moving away from like a sticker chart and moving something into a game and then that then transferred to some of the other things that he was doing so he'd earn a ball for other things and yes he was earning that shot and um, the other thing as well that i think is really good is there's um there's a we're talking about screen time and there's a, there's an app called forest which i talk about quite a lot and forest is an app that turns in it turns um, managing your screen time into a game so you um you set it and every time you decide how long you don't want to check your phone for and in that time a tree grows and um, if you check your phone during that time the tree unfortunately dies when you earn enough points um the company plant a real tree uh for you um, yeah so I remember you, you telling me about this yeah before, it's, it's, it's really good mate and yeah. another one is habitica as well i can't pronounce it properly but that basically turns your to-do <laughs> list into a game um which is another cool thing as well um, and i was going to suggest a book as well it's called Dri driven to distraction which talks about adult adhd um, and it talks about the whole diagnosis process. Um, yeah. Is there anything, Adam, any sort of resources online and stuff like that that you signpost people to? Uh, so there's a fantastic YouTube channel called How to ADHD. Um, they, uh, it's, it's literally just a couple of people, um, young adults uh, in their early, uh, uh, late 20s, early 30s, I think they are. Um, they uh, essentially both have ADHD. It's primarily driven by a, a lovely uh, woman. I can't remember her name now, um, but uh, she explains things really, really well and she gets a load of resources and uh, they're all very good resources. They're, they're not like, you know, uh, a, a load of uh, rubbish or anything like that. They, they are, you know, quality resources that she ends up putting into videos that specifically help you tackle with certain um issues that might come with uh someone with okay. adhd so uh, yeah i think that's Sorry, probably been, no yeah yeah i think that's probably been the biggest resource for me at least in terms of understanding uh adhd and where i'm coming from um well, I'll put, I'll put those I'll put those links um, underneath the video, and um, we'll also add some of the um, add some of them into the training section of the, of the website. Um, yeah, cool. Um, well, that's awesome, Adam. Um, thank you so much for giving up your time, and, and I hope everybody that's listened to this has found this interesting. And um, yeah, uh, good luck keeping your patience in the long rest of the long time. <laughs> I'll try. Um, <laughs> All right, thanks, Ed. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.